It is Wednesday night, West Coast time, and it is late, late, late Wednesday night, East Coast time. The Ringer NBA show today is presented by SeatGeek. That's my favorite place to buy and sell tickets. You can do it with two taps on your phone. Everything is fully guaranteed. I can do this read from without even looking at notes right now. In fact, that's what I'm doing. I'm ad-libbing it. But SeatGeek has been the presenting sponsor of the BS podcast, my podcast, the Bill Simmons podcast, uh, since the beginning of 2016. And if you want to get tickets for anything, including the NBA, NHL, whatever, go to SeatGeek, download their app, or go to SeatGeek.com. Unfortunately, you can't get tickets for the uh, for the Caps for round three because they lost. And we're going to talk to Joe House about that. Even though this is the Ringer NBA show, um, it transcended it tonight because it was... I would say the biggest uh, all-around sports night, maybe in D.C. sports history, House is going to tell us. It did not turn out well. House, uh, we have been very, very close friends for almost 30 years, and we made a pact. Whatever happened tonight, we're doing this podcast anyway. House, are you okay? I'm alive. Okay. That's good. You're alive. Well, you, you sent me a note saying, think of, you know, a way to describe tonight and, and, uh, I thought long and hard about it. What I came up with is Wednesday night. <laughs> it's just another Wednesday night here in Washington, D.C., watching our sports teams come up, you know, tantalizingly close to, 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 to transcendent outcomes and disappointing. So Really just the cats, though. I mean, the whiz, is, this is very good. Uh, predictable this is going uh, according to script you and i 10 days ago talked about this wizards boston series and predicted it would go seven and i uh think that's still the case so the three-team parlay caps whiz nats over the orioles don't sleep on the importance of that somehow relegated to the, to the bronze tonight but yeah those three games going the three-team parlay was plus five forty three if you wanted to bet a hundred on it. You bet a hundred, win five forty three. If you wanted to bet a hundred the other way, and bet against all three teams winning simultaneously, it was uh, plus a thousand forty three. Could have bet a hundred dollars. How she could have bet a thousand dollars tonight against all of your teams and made uh, over ten thousand dollars. Why didn't you do that? You should have done I, well, that. Well, look, no the 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 outlier is the net who, despite being down to the Orioles almost all night, the bases are loaded with one out. Oh, there <laughs> you go. At bat in the bottom of the ninth. So that, 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 there's your saving grace. Out of all, out of three teams, the W that we're going to get, possibly. Oh, there it is. Bottom of the ninth. Oh, they're up in Baltimore. I forgot. No, they're not. They're here. The it's game's over. over. We won. It's, it's got to be. They're, it's still showing us. The Nats anyway. won. Yeah, oh, you I just think they did. Oh, congratulations! All right, so <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're right. winners. We're back, baby. DC's what? back. <laughs> uh, we're gonna cheat, even though it's the Ringer NBA show. Let's, let's talk about basketball first, then we can talk about the DC stuff, and people can tune out if they want. From a basketball standpoint, I was nervous tonight. I did not like how the first... You thought I was reverse jinxing you, and I really wasn't. I was actually supposed to go back for game five, and I was uh, so upset and out of sorts about how the series was going. 
I decided not to fly back. I am. I did promise I was going to go back for Game Seven if it happened, but uh, just in the middle of the week, so hard to get back and forth. Did not like how my team was playing. Unfortunately, Avery Bradley didn't tell me who's going to have the best game of his life. Was this the Avery Bradley game? Sure, it was. Of okay. course. I, I mean, think that's so too. the thing about these two teams, right? Um, the the <clears throat> the role players and 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 Bradley is is better than a role player. I mean, yes. he's your your best defender. But in terms, you're not looking for offense from him. The guys uh, that are that are determining the outcome of the series are, 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 you know, the guys having confidence at home. So in each of these, each of these home games, you get, you get big performances, unexpected big performances out of guys, you know, <clears throat> that, that uh, you're not counting on for offense. I mean, this is the thing here in Washington. The only guy that, that could score for Boston is Isaiah Thomas. And he stopped going to the hole here in DC. Yeah. Cause he, cause he, has like a broken jaw, I think. So I think he, he's missing teeth, but I, I, I almost feel like it might be worse than that because even tonight, you know, I think I, I looked it up at one point. I think he had like 14 or 15 shots in three, four, and five total that he made. And most of them were threes and jumpers. He only had a couple layups. This is somebody that during the season was just finishing all over the place like a maniac on drives. And, you know, understandably, I wonder, was he afraid – and is he afraid to get hit in the face on these drives because he's contorting his body in all these bizarre directions now, or he's just kicking it back out over taking the contact only once in this whole game. Did he actually finish a, finish a drive kind of fearlessly like he always does. So I do think there might be something, uh, either, either that or his mouth just freaking hurts, which is also considering well, how many teeth they take out two. And they said the other ones were kind of loose. Um, maybe, maybe yeah, he's just, yeah, a, I mean, the poor kid. Yeah. So he's going to need a full on mouth surgery after this. Well, the reason I bring this up is not to criticize him because I can't, I, I would be in the hospital for a month. If that happened to me, I would never much less play basketball. I, it's really tough for the Celtics team to win when he's not creating points at the basket, which is why you have this game that Avery Bradley had tonight combined with the fact that Beal and Walden shoot well. And, uh, and all of a sudden they're up 20. But, you know, going into Washington game six, they're going to need, need Isaiah. You're not going to get the Avery Bradley game again. As you said, the young guys are always better at home. The role players are always better at home. You got guys like Rozier. Um, Marcus Smart was great tonight. But at home, on, on the road, you might, you might not get that as much. On the flip side, for you guys, uh, you know, the role guys came through in three and four. I'm sure they're going to be good in six. It feels like we've said this for two weeks. It's going seven. It's going to happen. It is going seven. Yeah. I just have to figure out whether or not I'm going to come to Boston. Are you going to Boston for seven? I'm definitely going to Boston for seven because um, the scenarios in play, assuming there is a seventh game for uh, game seven Monday night, let's say they lost that at home for some reason. Then I get to stay there for the lottery the next night with my dad. All of a sudden that has a chance to be the worst 24 hours of my life. So that's in play. Or the flip side, Celts win, lottery the next night, do well in that, and then game one against Cleveland on Wednesday night. Really has a chance to be well, really I, fun 48 I'll, hours. I'll put it this way. I, I, I like your odds for, for a, a good 24 hours better than mine, better than my past 24 hours. Well, we know we how this plays out. We had two massacres here in Washington. Yep. Yeah, you did. We had, we had, 
The president converted, committed a massacre last night, and, and then the D.C. sports team. Although the Nats got the W. All right, good. But you, yeah. You got out of that parlay. Yeah, that's true. I didn't even think of the Trump. Trump, we should have thrown Trump into some of those parlays. The, yeah. w- when is the Wiz game? That's Saturday? No, it's Friday night, 8 o'clock. All right, so walk me through. What kind of crowd is that going to be on Friday night? Hype. Okay, you're not not Very like pe- people bringing their kids kind of crowd. It's going to be like an adult, everybody drinking beverage, everybody yelling type of crowd. Yes, eight o'clock on a Friday night. That's exactly the crowd you're going to get. Is it a late yeah. arriving crowd? People are fired up. People love this. Well, they're they're every crowd so far. These playoffs in DC has has been a late arriving crowd. Yeah, because people are budgeting normal time to get through security. Yeah. And since every game's a sellout, you can't get through security in, in, in you know, five to ten minutes. You have to give it 20 minutes if you show up, you know, if you don't show up early enough. So, But the crowds have been great. I, I went, I've been to um, three of the last four home games, uh, and, and everybody's been awesome. Did you wear an Ubre jersey like Ted Leonsis or no? <laughs> I did not. I was furious. I, I was a guest in a box for the, for the Ubre Olenek, the Kelly on Kelly crime. Yeah. And there were teenage girls sitting in front of me in the box, and I I could not um, articulate. I could I couldn't voice exactly how I felt. My brother was sitting next to me and nudging me hard in the ribs to keep it keep it under the lid. How but you I thought about Kelly Olynyk? Of, of angry words for Kelly. No, Olenek? I was mad at Ubre. Oh. I was furious at Ubre. Yeah, so dumb. Yeah, I was stupid. We're we're, we're 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 so far past the point where guys, you know. Everybody knows by now you can't do that. And that, that's been my hope, if I had any hope after those two terrible DC games for the Celtics, was, first of all, the series doesn't start till somebody wins on the other team's floor. Your team, immature and loses its poise uh, at the wrong moments, usually on the road. That Ubre thing, even though you won the game, that it was just an immature moment, you know. The Celtics. Yeah. It's not like the Celtics don't have immature guys because Marcus Smart is way up there. But uh, but that's why, like, you get to Game Seven, it gets super tense. It slows down a little bit, you know. It gets super physical, and who's going to maintain their poise? And you have some wild cards on your team. I have Marcus Smart. You well, have multiple wild cards. I'm less concerned about the poise um, consideration. Uh, and and the role players. My real concern with the Wiz in a Game Seven is we we've now see, had three straight uh, games on the road where Bradley Beal has sucked. Yeah, and I can't be more. I, I'd like to be more generous. I'd like to be more thoughtful. He stunk again tonight. He stunk in Game Two and he stunk tonight. Yeah. And, and Game One he was a. Uh, I mean, uh, yeah, Game One he was a non-factor as well. So I don't know. You know, we we made this observation at the beginning of the series that like the the only way for the Wiz to get uh, a W on the road would be a huge game out of Beal. We thought he was like the 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 critical link, and and he has underwhelmed so far. Yeah, and it's interesting because if he makes that eleven footer at the end of game two, um, it's three one coming back to Boston, and who knows what happens tonight. I will just tell you, I don't have the history with Bradley Beal that you did. I just know him as the uh, the quote-unquote dead-eye shooter, Ray Allen 2.0 potentially, $130 bucks, streaky. There's good Bradley Beal one night, not as good Bradley Beal the next night. But in that moment, I really thought it was going in. I genuinely thought he was going to make it. 
you felt the opposite. You didn't think it was going in, right? I, in that moment, um, I was, I was, uh, irrationally hopeful. Oh, okay. I really, uh, I I really was. He, um, was, he started off the fourth quarter with kind of an eight point personal run. I was like, Oh, here we go. So he, he stunk the first three quarters. This is game two we're talking about. Um, he stunk through the first three quarters, but there was a little stretch there where where he reeled off eight points and the whiz, you know, got, were down and got back into it. And then we were exchanging baskets. And so when the ball bounced to him in that moment, and he's basically at the free throw line or inside of it, I I was I jumped up. I mean, I was on my feet for the shot, and then it didn't hit the front of the rim. That, that hurt. He alligator or it armed grazed it. the underside of it. Yeah, that hurt. Well, it hurt he, my feelings. It hurt, it hurt your feelings. Yeah, when you think it about it, it flips the series in this respect. Now you have to win five of the seven games, basically, because yeah. you you should have won game two. You, we had the should have won game two. Isaiah's done had games like that fifteen times, but that was his best game of the season statistically, and he played out of his mind. And you still had a chance to close it. You had uh, a terrible John Wall three, which I I was very happy he took, followed by Bradley Beal wide open from eleven feet, with time to actually well, those, set it up and shoot it. Yeah, the wall shot, and let's do a real quick. Um, uh, comparison of notes on this what what the hell is going on with these end of game game plays i know that you watched the end of game uh the spurs and and, and rockets last night it was awful why is it these could well what what is the the idea behind letting the point guard pound the ball for 14 seconds or 12 seconds or whatever and then try and initiate all by himself a one-on-one play why not run some offense we know this from you know 40 years of basketball consumption if you just let the defense stand and stare and, and don't make them move their eyes or move their feet one bit, it, it's pretty easy to defend the guy. I mean, you know, the, the, the big complaint that I've had with John Wall this season and the reason when we talked about all NBA teams that I gave a slight nudge to Isaiah Thomas ahead of John Wall in terms of NBA, um, you know, all NBA team number two versus all uh, versus number three was because end of game wall wall is 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 just lackluster but a part of that is because of the concept scotty brooks has been content to let him pound the ball and then take you know an, an off-balance shot from the elbow and then and i'm just I'm, I'm tired of it but it looks like it's a common approach by by teams in the league yeah just quickly on wall i would love to see his numbers if you just removed all of his fast break baskets and his open threes, like what his field goal percentage for everything else was. Because even in game four, which everybody came out of game four, like John Wall, he's amazing. Wow. And he, he was athletically had some, you know, real moments in that game. And he, he did really well in that game. On the other hand, he was eight for 25. And well, look, at least yeah, three but, of those baskets. He started 0 for 9. Right. But, <laughs> it, but at least three or four of those baskets were fast break baskets. Like, Bradley's done a nice job staying in front of him. I think Bradley was hurt in game three. He, he came out in this game that he had hit pointers. But uh, but in game four and game five, I thought he stayed in front of Wall. And, you know, that it really does seem like Beal is the guy they're thinking about if the game, like if it's a game seven, if it gets there and things slow down. It's 
getting there, by the way. Just yeah, yeah I, I, I have to hedge. Get your plane ticket. My team. Get your plane ticket. I will say one thing about my team. They have games like tonight where they just make 50% of their threes and become very tough to beat. And you just never know when it's going to happen. So you just can't rule it when out. When was the last them. time they did it on the road? Did they do that against the Bulls? Yeah, they did it against the Bulls. They've done it a bunch of times this year. They did it in Golden State. They they've they've done it in Houston. Well, like they they did in Utah. I'm not worried about it. Okay, I, I like our chances. I'm not worried about it," said Joe House as the Celtics put that on their locker room. But back to your uh, back to your point about um about the terrible end of the game thing because that allows us to talk about Houston for one second. I was so unhappy with how they handled. Uh, game five in San Antonio, those last five minutes and then the OT. And I was 80% unhappy because we bet on the Rockets to win the series and also to win in six at five to one odds, which really, really hurt my feelings. A lot of feelings hurt on this podcast tonight. But unless, unless James Harden got a concussion when he got popped in the head during that game, I can't excuse anything I saw from him down the stretch and in OT, like he was truly terrible. And if they lose that series combined with, um, you know, some of the other stuff that's happened to him in the playoffs, it's, it's, it's starting to add up for him a little bit. Remember he was awful in the 2012 finals. He was awful in the 2015 conference finals. If I remember he was, he was really kind of awful in that Clipper series. And then Corey Brewer and Josh Smith saved them in game six. Um, they, there's a pattern that's starting to develop that I don't like with him. Because if they blow this this series, it's because he didn't play well in that stretch. When they no Kawhi, you got to finish the series at that point. I wasn't happy with how he played. So I, I am going to be slightly generous with respect to Harden, but I would like to make a, an observation. I, I'm very glad I'm not a person that votes for league MVP or coach of the year or any of those things because I would be so mad at myself right now if I voted for Mike D'Antoni. Now, I wouldn't have done that, and you and I were in agreement that Greg Popovich. But imagine being a person that had to vote for these things and voted for Mike D'Antoni and and or Russell Westbrook, who with all of his, you know, all those those wonderful accomplishments, that unbelievable triple-double regular season managed to lead his team to one win in the playoffs. Congratulations. And then this Russell Hart, I mean, this James Harden performance. Now, in, in James' defense, two things. Still not sure he's 100% all the way back from the ankle injury. Also, I thought his minutes were so mismanaged last night. Very he was fair. absolutely ex- exhausted Great in the point. fourth quarter. And Mike D'Antoni stinks. I mean, I'm, I, 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 we, we have enough history now. We've, we've seen him enough. And I think it was, did Danny Chow write the, the pop? The Antonio, yeah, he did. Danny Chow yeah, loves Dan Tony. Well, uh, he, 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 I, I like Danny Chow, but I do not like Dan Tony. Danny and I are, are, seem to be diametrically opposed on a lot of different things, both basketball and basketball writing. Um, but like certain writers we like and things like that. He he feels like D'Antoni, it's the critically acclaimed thing with D'Antoni. And it's great, and it, and he's had a ton of success. But I feel like we've seen that game. I tweeted this. I watched that game 10 times during the Sun-Spurs mid-2000s playoff era. How many times did we watch that you game? You and me both. Yeah. 
I, it was, I, I thought I, Boris Diaw was going to come out with a son's uniform at some point. <laughs> I don't know if I got a chance to give it any likes, but I would have given that a million likes. I mean, that's, that's exactly right. I've, I've seen this so many times, this, this, this mismanagement. They go to, he tightens up the rotation. Guys, you know, are, are, are gassed. And I, the, the real failure to me is a failure of, of concept. I mean, this is the same thing. This is a stupid analogy. Uh, I'm, I'm conceding it. But um, Bruce Boudreau in hockey, I'm really, really, really mad that I didn't bet uh, against the Wild at the beginning of the, the hockey playoffs. <laughs> He's a wonderful regular season coach. He mm. helps franchises kind of reset themselves and, and leads them and makes everybody feel good. And then he gets to the playoffs, and he thinks he can do the exact same thing in the, in the playoffs that he did in the regular season. It doesn't work. It sounds like he should coach Chris Paul. So, who D'Antoni? No, Bruce Bruce Brujo. It sounds like we got to get him and Chris <laughs> Paul together. They could they could get to the playoffs and then not have an extra gear. I I really hope Harden had his bell rung or something because he he was just you know that that's one of those moments, right? Yeah, I don't I don't love overreacting to games or series when you're talking about somebody's career, but. I do feel like every once in a while during the point of your career, there's a moment when, you know, it's a little little tiny fork in the road. It's not a career-determining fork in the road. But that was, that was a moment for him in, in San Antonio Game 5. It's like, all right, Kawhi's out of the game. I'm, I'm an MVP candidate who's going to finish either first or second. Seems like it's going to be second. I set all these records during this season. I'm going to win the game now. You know, LeBron, put it this way. That game's over if LeBron's on the court. It's like, oh, Kawhi's out. It's over. Send everyone home. Go. Go up the aisles. Don't even watch the last four minutes, you know? And I do think he need to lay the smack down. Now, if his minutes were mismanaged, as you theorized, I think that's a that's that's fair. I think that I think Dan Tony has to establish blame. But goddamn, you thirty four seconds left. You gotta come out come out in regulation with the best play you have in your in your entire offense, right? That's it. I it's just a tie game. The ball move. Yeah. I this need to is see it. The ball move. Brad Stevens has some play that he's been saving for five years for that spot, and we've seen a bunch of coaches who have. All right, this is it. I'm I'm coming up with the play that I've kept hidden in the deep recesses of my asshole, like an immunity idol. I've I've been saving this for five years. I'm going to bring it out right now. And Houston's play was James Harden dribbling for 20 seconds and then getting off a terrible. What it was an offensive foul, right? I mean that was awful. That was the worst play of the playoffs. It, I hated it. And it really was an offensive foul. I mean, yeah. it wasn't even it wasn't even close. So anyway, back to the Wiz. Well, you just said the name. I, we had to do a very quick aside. We need to do, to quickly genuflect. The two best players in the playoffs so far uh, are, to me, LeBron and Kevin Durant. Like, yeah, you know, reminder who who are the best. You know, the best guys and the best in the biggest moments, leading their teams. Um, and it does, you know, it, it's a slight letdown, the inevitability of it all. But, you know, holy shit, I'm enjoying watching the games. I'm really enjoying watching the beatdowns by both the Warriors and the Cavs. We, we, we came up with this whole rigmarole. We had a whole explanation for how Toronto was going to contend and that they might be ready. And we liked the moves they made in, in, in the trade deadline. And boy, oh boy, did... Now Kyle Lowry got hurt. Yeah, so. I gotta say, 
the Kyle Lowry thing, I, I feel like people skimped over that. Like it was not a huge thing. He wasn't. He never really looked right from when he came back. You know, he got he got hurt, hurt his wrist. I, that's exactly. I right. never felt like he was yeah. the same after that. It was it wasn't the Kyle Lowry. You know, we were watching in November, December, January, and I part of me wonders with sports sometimes when a team, especially when you're going against LeBron when he's playing like that and a team knows they don't have their guy and you, there's like a little bit of hopelessness sets in, you know? And then on top of it, LeBron yeah. is just, you know, playing as well as we've ever seen him play. Really, really great. Um, I'm with you on Durant. I thought game three was in Utah, which I watched every play of. Team wasn't playing well. Clay's off. Crowd's really into it. Utah's playing pretty well. Um, Curry's not not on. And Durant's just like, all right, guys, I got this. Like To have just in your hip pocket one of the five most ridiculously efficient scorers of all time who's like, all right, guys, I got this. I'm going to score 38 and just get every shot he wants. That was the, that out of all these playoff games, that was the one that scared me the most as as uh, as a basketball fan. I was like, Jesus, you know, it would have been really interesting if he signed with you guys, and it wasn't even on the table. He never even had a meeting. But if he had signed with the Wizards, with all the other people, you you, you just exchange Jan Mahimni for Kevin Durant. Pretty interesting. You think, you think the Wizards would be better? I do. I really do. I think they'd be <laughs> better. That's your professional opinion. But damn, I mean, and that's why, you know, people are, are giving me shit still about what, when you were two and eight and I was saying how you should trade Wall. I mean, you were two and eight. Deservedly. It, deservedly giving you shit. Yeah, but you're two and eight and you hadn't done jack shit with him. But, and I, and you, your franchise is at the point where Kevin Durant, who's from Washington, didn't even want to waste his time having a meeting with them. But now I think like if if this wizard season was happening last year, I think you have a chance, right? We would at least got a meeting. Now then he he has said, and I think he he's telling the truth, that DC never was a, like a serious contender because it was gonna it would be so complicated nah, for him to, to live here and work here and have nah, his you know, family and extended you don't think so? That, I think that's. I think he was being nice. He wanted to go to. He wanted to win he a did. title. He he looked at all the teams yeah. that allowed him to win the title, and he looked at. He settled on the Warriors, the Thunder, and the Celtics. Maybe took a sniff at the Spurs, but not really. And uh, and he wanted to win the title. He wanted to. He wanted to have a championship ring. He was worried that if you go to Washington, you're no further or closer than you were with Westbrook and OKC. But well, it is kind of interesting now. If if this Wizards team, um, you know, as, as presently constituted and with the the ceiling that they seem to have now, I do wonder if if Al Horford has any slight regret over choosing the Celtics over 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 the Wiz, because the Celtics, you know, they oh. may yet win this series, but talent wise, they're not better than the Wizards. They're still they're still pieces away. They're and what you're going to do is draft some young kids. Huh? They're better with him, but I, we, yeah, we have right. the assets. You have no assets other than the team you have, and you're probably going to lose Otto Porter. I, I I wouldn't say it's a loss. I mean, you can't we can't afford it. It doesn't make sense, right? To pay it makes more gonna, sense to save that powder for 2018 and see what you get with Ubre. 
I mean, I'll take the, the 60 cents on the dollar that, that Kelly Oubre represents right now. I would not re-sign Otto Porter for $20 million a year. I'll tell you this. I Nor wanted to play I. this game with you, actually. We are in lockstep. Oh. So let's play a game called... Um, all right, before we play this game, I wanted to tell everybody about the new Ringer podcast that launches on Thursday, May 11th, actually, by the time you're probably listening to this. Larry Wilmore, Black on the Air. That's right, Larry Wilmore, his own podcast. He's going to be interviewing different people every week from sports, politics, entertainment, hard news, you name it. Uh, he has never had a podcast before. I think he's the last person who didn't have a podcast, but now he has one. I think it's going to be fantastic. You can subscribe to it now on iTunes, uh, Stitcher, SoundCloud, Google. Uh, Spotify apparently has podcasts now. Mm-hmm. Tate's nodding. Uh, so yeah, Larry Wilmore, Black on the Air. Check that out. All right, we're going to play a game. I don't think you really know a team until you're rooting against them in a playoff series, right? Yes, totally agree with that. That's right. when you learn, you know, this is why I just said what I said about Horford. Yeah. So I'm going to tell you, Go ahead. we'll go back and forth. I'll give you something I learned about your team and vice versa. By the way, it's funny. I People in my life have said to me, like, are you in-house talking? You and House, are you guys ever going to be the same after this? I'm like, House and I haven't had a fight in 29 years. We're going to be fine. It's like, if, if the Wizards win, I'm going to be happy for House. I'm not going to be like, fuck that guy. I'm not talking to him for three weeks. Like, I, the friendship's more important than the, the playoff series. But, um, all right, so here here's my point number one about your team. Every time Otto Porter shoots a long two, I'm excited. I can't wait for him to oh. release it. Yeah. I don't know what his that, stats that's are. A wonderful, that's a wonderful kickoff to this to this back and forth. Yeah, it's because like, I oh, feel Otto the exact Porter's... same way yeah. about Jay Crowder. <laughs> Please, Jay Crowder, shoot the ball. <laughs> oh, God. I, we, we exchanged notes about this. His game one, six for eight from three, was, was like manna from heaven. Thank God Jay Crowder made all those. Yeah, it, it, it emboldened him to keep shooting. Keep shooting, Jay Crowder. <laughs> Yeah. My dad said the same thing. He's like, it was a great game, but Crowder made too many threes. Now he thinks he's a three-point shooter. My dad, my dad, when they, Jay Crowder's been a great Celtic, but when they trade him or whatever happens, or he signs somewhere else, there's not going to be a lot of tears shed in my dad's house. There's not going to have to get the Kleenex out or any any of that stuff. But, um, Is it going to light a candle for Jay? It's great Celtic. Very played hard, good leader, whole thing. But man, yeah, I mean every yeah. time. So they have the same problem. They both take the 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 three when they're wide open and their feet are set is pretty money for the most part. Any other yeah. type of three or long two is a disaster. Anytime their body is yeah. moving, it it even imperceptibly it's over. Um, all right, I'm going to give all you right, another I like one. Like this game. What's your next point? Yeah, go ahead. My next point is that I feel like Al Horford could score on Marcin Gortat every single time, and I think he's atrocious defensively, and it really bothers me that the Celtics don't attack him more. Is he as bad defensively as I feel like he is in my head? Um, he is like zone positional defense. Okay. He is not a rim protector in any way, shape, or form. This is the curious thing about the Hawks and why it seemed like they were waving the, the white flag from the beginning. What I should uh, Let me put it this way. They were, they were waving the Dwight flag. That's awful. <laughs> but he could have averaged 25 and 15. He kills Gortat. 
Yeah. And I it befuddled me that they did not, you know, just let him touch the ball 30 times a game. They It, it appeared immediately that they were not serious about winning the series. Yeah. And it further emphasized everybody hates Dwight Howard. I mean, even his, his own team. The Dwight Bola virus. Yeah, it seems like it's, when, it's true. when the Celts clear any space for Horford to operate on Gortat, it, lead, it seems like it always leads to something good. All right, you go. Um, I don't understand. Maybe you can help me. How is it that the Celtics only have four starters? How, how, why are we having this this rotating, uh, you know, f- fifth um, draw from from the crap pile between Amir Johnson and Gerald Green? What is going on? Who's the normal fifth starter for the Celtics? Weirdly, it was Amir Johnson um, a lot of the time, but they never really found one. And the hope was that by March, Jalen Brown was going to be able to move in there. But as you saw tonight, like he comes in, he's there in the headlights for five minutes. You forget he's out there. He then he gets hot for a second. You're like, oh, Jalen Brown, here he comes. Then he disappears again. Like you can't rely. He fouled Jan Mahimni on a thirty foot shot. So you can't yeah, rely on him. True. Amir is a great teammate. I feel bad saying anything bad about him, but his ankles are just shot. I mean, okay, he's just, he can't jump. I mean, that alley-oop he had in game five, it was shocking. I couldn't believe he could even dunk anymore. And then uh, Gerald Green barely played all year. They've never had that uh, that fifth guy. That's what's funny about this lottery pick they have. People are like, what are they going to do with all, how, how are they, they going to fit? It's like, we do, we're starting Amir Johnson. Anyone we get with this lottery right. pick is gonna is gonna immediately help the team. Like I'm pretty sure Josh Jackson will play for the Celtics right away. Uh, much less faults any of these people, but yeah, it's pretty bad. I was I was hurt and disappointed and shocked and surprised that Amir started Game Five, and then he actually played half decent. I think they keep him in just because he's long, um, and. They were. They just wanted more arms near the basket. Everything they did tonight was geared around don't let John Wall get into a groove and get to the basket and do John Wall things and start feeling himself. That seemed like the game plan. But tonight, I will right? say, yeah, John, it's okay. John Wall is allowed to have one bad game. Yeah, tonight was it. Yeah, he. Uh, all right, here's that. That will lead my next thing, to thing I was going to say about the Wiz. It seems like you have a team that's a lot more dangerous when they're up 15 than they are in a two-point game, if that makes sense. I'm not sure about that because they have been wildly successful at giving up big leads this season, as evidenced by games one and two in Boston. Oh, okay. I meant more from like a confident right? swagger. Well, that's just because you you have a bad defense. But... Yeah, I mean, there is no amount that they can be up um, in the first part of a game and feel comfortable with that lead. That's why game four, you know, going into halftime tied after a pretty mediocre first half uh, and then coming out and ripping off the 26-0, to you know, sprint, that that was – I felt good about them winning that game. I didn't think that the Celtics were going to come all the way back in the fourth quarter. Uh, I'm going to give you another one. Every time John Wall shoots a three, I'm excited. I don't know what his percentages I, are. I, I don't ever feel like they're going in. Even when they go in, I, I'm surprised. 
I'm going to look up his percentages right now. I'm sure they're not bad. I'm sure they're like 36, 37%. Yeah, they're, they're not bad. He, he's still, it's still not his range. And I, I don't love it. I, I hold my breath a little bit. I, you know, I expect it to miss. As a fan watching the game, feeling the flow, ebb and flow, he, he, he's earned the right to take it. And a lot of times they leave him alone. Um, and it's a pretty open three. But, uh, you know, I, I'd be surprised if it's, if it's much over 40%. I'd be All surprised right. if it's over 40%. 2015, 30%. 2016, yeah. 35%. 2017, 32.7%. And it seems like the Celtics are very happy whenever he takes it. Like, go ahead. Yeah. Have it. Go, have it your way. Um, what else? Do, yeah. you, do you have a Kelly Olynyk comment for me? No, I mean, he is who he is. Uh, Are you afraid I of him? Believe... Do you think it's going no. in when he shoots? He stinks at basketball. <laughs> he's, a, he's, a, he's a big body. I mean, he's, he's an agitator. He is a, he is a goof. I do believe most of his, uh, the play that, that, that draws Uber the ire of yeah. opponents is, is through. Now, I, I, I really can't excuse the Kevin Love arm wrench. But the play on Ubre um, was just you know Kelly be Kelly Olenek being a, 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 a goof. He's the a big thing doofus. That I'm curious about. He's a big doofus. Yeah. Why does Horford in in Brad Stevens' scheme end up on the perimeter so much? Because they try to bring the big guy that's guarding him away from the basket, which allows Isaiah and Bradley to drive. Because you sacrifice rebounds that way. I know, and I understand we we're care. kind of in a in a moment in the league where you, you, everybody's giving up on offensive rebounds. Yeah, well, also they're giving up on them so they can get back defensively, so nobody gets fast breaks on them. But the, one of the reasons Isaiah was able to score almost thirty points a game this year was because Olynyk and Horford cleared out the paint, and that's why, like, you look at uh, I don't know somebody like Iverson fifteen years ago. Um, I, I actually went, I watched some Iverson on YouTube to try to figure out how different it was than Isaiah. Isaiah from what I saw, Allen Iverson took more jump shots and long twos and shots from like the 16 to 20 range than Isaiah does, obviously, because they didn't know about the three-point efficiency. But he he didn't have the same driving lanes because they had like, you know, Tyrone Hill and Dikembe Mutombo out there at the same time. We're, we're, and, the, and plus their defenders standing next to them. So how the hell is Allen Iverson going to get to the basket in a half-court offense? There's four guys in the paint who are seven feet tall. It was still a moment in the league where um, big guys were, were valued. The idea was to try and score as close to the basket as possible. Yeah, her, our friend our friend Hershey, who hates when I bring his name up, but we're, we're actually talking about NBA Finals <laughs> logistics. But I was saying yeah. to him, like, I don't know what would happen if the 86 Celtics played, you know, the, the 2017 Warriors, other than the Celtics losing by 30 points. And you, maybe you could say, like, all right, the 86 Celtics have a year to figure out how to play basketball the way it's being played down. They'd adjust accordingly, and Mikhail would shoot more threes, and they'd play Scott Wedman more and things like that. But if you just pulled them out of a time machine and put them on a court against this basketball, they wouldn't know what the fuck to do. They were geared toward getting two points. So were the Showtime Lakers. Showtime Lakers are just trying to you get layups and, and skyhooks. They weren't built to shoot threes. But I'm not so sure. I, that's interesting. You know, I think we had kind of a soft rebuttal to the uh, to the efficiency theorem 
last year by the way that, that the Cavaliers came back against Golden State and the, the way that the Cavaliers two years ago damn near beat Golden State until Kyrie got hurt. I mean, the Cavs right. should have been up in that series, if you recall. They should have been up 3-0. And they had an end-of-game end uh, brain fart. Uh, LeBron missed something. They made a turnover or whatever, but they, they uh, you know, Golden State made an adjustment. But the, it's still the case that being able to score down low and being able to re- rebound the ball at, at, at crunch time in the playoffs. I mean, over the course of a regular right. season, Getting I, near the I rim. understand your point. Well, we used yeah. to, we always used to say that the finals was decided by the three feet in front of the rim, and it's still the case. I still believe that. Yeah, I don't know what to believe anymore. I just think about like the Celtics <laughs> trying. So we're all right. We got Parrish Bird, McHale out there. And the Warriors have Draymond, Durant, and Iguodala. And they put Iguodala mm-hmm. on Bird. They put Draymond on Parrish. And they put Durant on McHale. And I think McHale would do whatever he wants. On the other hand, they'd be trapping him. They'd be doing all this stuff. They'd basically be forcing Dennis Johnson and Danny Ainge to shoot every time. Because the coaching is much better now. And they'd know... All right, every time they do this, we're doubling them, and, th- and this will happen. On the other end, I guess Mikhail guards Durant. Parrish, I don't know what the fuck you do with Parrish. Where does he go? That's the problem. Where That's does he go? I, I don't think you play him. Right. I think I think they play Mikhail at the five. They play Bird at the four. And then they play like Scott Wedman at small forward. And I think Parrish plays like Yuck. 15 minutes a game. So now I've completely changed the greatest team of all time. <laughs> I don't know. I we, b- b- Bird, Parrish, and McHale. That that uh, group is going to shoot on average, you know, high fifties, low sixties, uh, percent wise, percentage wise. So maybe you just you just take your lumps on the defensive end with Parrish on the floor. If you know those three guys are going to get you a basket. Nearly sixty percent of the time, I don't. I don't think you can fit them. I don't think I you can fit any one of them. A lot of Parrish's value was defending the other team's center, and if the other team didn't have a center, maybe you just play your best five offensively. Then you look at the Lakers, and this is this is here's the case for Kareem, as uh, as still to this day either the third or fourth best player of all time. I think LeBron has probably passed him, but Kareem against this Warriors team. It's a fucking rap. Sayonara. Who's guarding him? I agree. Who's with Durant's gonna guard him? Who is guarding Kareem on the on the so it's almost like I, I have to flip the eighty six Celtics because I don't know how they do against the Warriors. It would be it would be unbelievable to find out. But I know that the uh the eighty seven Lakers would would be a fucking handful for this Warriors team. It sure does feel like it, doesn't they, it? I guess you'd have to go eighty five Lakers because you get a better version of Kareem. But Kareem being yeah, okay. guarded by, they'd have to play JaVale McGee, so instantly I've changed the Warriors. Kareem would foul out JaVale McGee in five minutes. Then you'd have Magic yeah. posting up Steph Curry. Who does Draymond guard? I guess Draymond would guard Magic in that series, right? He'd have to. So then where? So That's Cur- incredible. Wow. Who guards Worthy? Yeah, who guards James Worthy? I guess Durant Nobody. has to guard James Worthy. Durant. That's a yeah. bad matchup for them. They'd have to outscore the 87 Lakers. Uh, and then we that, might have to rethink the '87 Lakers. 
Then the 96 Bulls are just like, fine, fuck you. Here's MJ and Scotty. Here you go. And and Rodman's going to get every rebound. And Rodman. Here you go. We don't care who else we have. Yeah. Good luck. Yeah. Pippen's going to guard Durant. Um, good luck finding anyone to guard MJ because you don't have that person on your team. And uh, and we're ready to roll. Maybe Draymond would try, right? MJ Draymond would, get, would try against MJ. He'd get Draymond thrown out of the series by game two. <laughs> Yeah, he Draymond would, had to try and kick MJ in the ball. He would make he would make uh, Clay Thompson cry, probably in game two. I think he would, he'd make all of it happen in game two. Draymond's out for the series and in jail. Clay Thompson sobs on the court, has to get a counselor, and uh, yeah, I think they'd be in trouble. So yeah, just for everyone saying the words of the greatest team of all time, like it, go on YouTube and Who watch. Says that? I don't know. It's recency bias. People think LeBron's the best player of all time. They weren't they weren't paying attention in the nineties apparently. LeBron's up there. LeBron is gonna say. make the final <laughs> seven straight times. LeBron's making a case. Seven straight pretty finals is pretty pretty freaking impressive. Uh yeah. so you think you win game six in Washington Friday night? I do think that. You know why? Because it's my freaking birthday. No. It's the least they can do. No. Wait, give me a W on my birthday. Is that too much to ask? I, I hired a stripper to dress like Ted Sarandos in an Ubre jersey, built the same way, and they're going to jump out of a cake for you at halftime. It's actually Ted Sarandos. I don't want to spoil it, but it is. That's who it is. It's Ted Sarandos. He's going to jump out of a cake. Ted Sarandos. That Ted Sarandos. Who's your owner? Ted Leotis. Oh, I'm getting old. I had Tate and I had a lot of Thai food earlier. <laughs> Ted Leotis. <laughs> I think you had some of the bourbon that I was showing earlier. <laughs> Ted Sarandos is the is the guy who is the He's CEO the of line. Netflix. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, and Ted Leonsis is the uh, is not quite as wealthy. So not quite. So you think you win you win Friday night on your birthday? You're not worried about this being the worst week in Washington history with with uh, the Tuesday night massacre followed by the Wednesday night massacre and then finally the Friday night massacre, a triple massacre. Yeah, I know it's. Tonight was wave the white flag Wednesday, but I, you know, again, who who cares? It's it's just another Wednesday night. Oh, the Penguins beat the Caps in the in the in, in the, the playoffs? hockey playoffs. So what? What what year is this? I mean, I don't care. I mean, what, what are you going to do? Well, you, first of all, you totally the Nets care. Came back and beat the O's. Yes, <laughs> and that's one. God damn it! First of all, and you still, totally you totally case. care. You totally care about the, the Caps. Wh- the Wiz you can't, are can better we just, than the Celtics. I'm can, not saying that they're going to win this series, but they're a better team. They have more talent than the Celtics. Well, that that's that's certainly going to determine wins and losses. Um, the Caps, I know you yeah. care, and I know it hurts, and I know you thought this was the year. And you could say all you want now, but you, it, until you were down one nothing, you thought you were going to win. When it was one nothing, you no, knew you were going to lose. I thought we were going to win last year. I thought last year was the year. I thought Holpe was better last year, and I had a lot more at stake. I had a- allocated real capital mm. on the Capitals at the beginning of last season, not this season. The only bet I made on the Caps this season was to win the Met- Metropolitan Division title, and God bless them, they did that. And I, I think it was only like 2-1 to one or 3-1. to one. Two, It wasn't great odds, 2-1. to one. So you're down. Maybe. Uh, but last year I had them winning the Eastern Conference. I had them in the Stanley Cup. I had I had high expectations for the Caps. They let me down. So I did this year it was just, you know, we'll your guard see what was up. All right, your guard was up. Do they have to trade a Vetchkin now or no? 
No, okay. no, they're never trading Ovechkin. All right, good. absolutely not. Good. Yeah, keep keep that going. They sell out every game. It's like a, it's a whole cottage industry here. It's like the, everybody builds in. Oh, it's it's um it's mid May. Uh, I can go make my my tea times. The caps are done. It's time to go make some tea times. They sell out every game is the equivalent of people in the leftovers bragging about how well the real estate is doing in that city. I don't even watch that show, and it's a good joke. <laughs> All the houses and apartments are filled. It's going great. Uh, <laughs> uh, Tate, how long are we? We're at 50 minutes. Oh, Jesus, we're at 50 minutes. That was 30 minutes longer than we thought we were going to go. Joe House. Um, <laughs> As usual. I don't, hey. I don't wish you luck this weekend, but it was fun to talk to you. Oh, I understand. Sha- win. Plug Shack House really quick. Go ahead. Yes, the Players' Championship kicks off tomorrow. Jeff Shackelford and I had two great guests on this week. You can still get our picks if you listen to this early enough in the morning. Ah, it's probably too late. We can get our picks and, and you know, um, and, and make fun of us for how bad we did. We had uh, uh, Tommy Roy and Travis Fulton. Tommy Roy from NBC Sports, Travis Fulton from the Golf Channel. Um, as interview guests, and we, we uh, I talked about allocating a little capital to a few guys in the, in the Players' Championship down at Potter Visa. So, great check out. Good to hear. And you got to weasel your way on the Sal's, Sal's new podcast at some point. Apparently, he's yeah, going to talk I, gambling I, I, every week. I didn't, We didn't expect that. I thought when we had Sal's, <laughs> I thought he was going to do theater one week and... You know, professional wrestling, dancing, sitcoms, sure. but apparently it's going to be gambling every week. So on against all odds. Did you well, like the title, by the way? Good title, against all odds. It's a fantastic title. I tried. Yeah. I tried to sing it last time that we were. We were oh yeah, together. that's right. I asked you. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. tried to sing it and it went. It went terribly. Uh, Joe House, thanks for thanks for manning up and coming on the Ringer NBA show. Appreciate it. Check out. Uh, Shack House, check out Larry Wilmore's new podcast, check out Cousin Sal's new podcast, and check out the BS podcast because we had Adam Carolla on this week. We talked about four things, Cobra, Castaway, Fast 7, and Fast 8. It was literally the only four things in the agenda. Bang through them. If you haven't heard it, check it out. Great to have Carolla. He was in rare form. Tate was laughing. Tate, which one did you laugh more during, Rappaport or Carolla? I think I laughed more than Rappaport. I think you did too. Rappaport just hit your funny bone. Yeah, just for that time. Yeah. Well, it didn't help that Corolla was talking about movies you'd never heard of. Yeah. He'd never seen Cobra and he might not even see Castaway. Anyway, Joe House, uh, enjoy the rest of the night. We'll talk to you next week. Yeah.